everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. Today, we are talking about the European Championships, and we are welcoming back our producer, Matteo Morelli, who was part of the media at Europeans covering the event for IceDance.com. Welcome back again, Matteo. We are so excited to talk with you about Europeans. Hello, yes. I'm really happy to be back and share hopefully all the wonderful things that I saw there. I mean, what a great event. <laughs> I mean, <Wow. laughs> come on. It looked wow. incredible. Like the audience, I mean, even the exhibition looked incredibly well planned out and just it was like a spectacle. I yeah, feel it like it didn't feel like a continental competition. It felt like it was a world championships or even the Olympic yeah. Games for that matter. It was so well organized. It was beautiful. Yeah, it seemed like it was a competition in Japan, the way there were so many people there. It was just like, are we in Lithuania or are we in Japan? It was just so incredible. And right yeah, up and to the rafters. It. Like yeah. the people were way like seated way up high, which means that place was packed. Yeah, and I think the Federation did a fantastic job because I spoke with a couple of them there. So first of all, the marketing of the event was quite well and carefully planned. Uh, they had, I think they had something like eight or 10 months to plan the event. So it was not too much, if you think about it, but they carefully planned everything. They made sure that the yeah people knew in Lithuania that the event was coming up. But, but also, I think, if you think about all the details, so the attention to detail in terms of the choice of colours, the way everything was presented, the, the flags and the names uh, in the middle of the audience section, the fact that when a skater was coming on the ice, the flag would appear on the ice if you were watching on the screen. Everything was phenomenally done. And the entertainment was on top, really. Uh, the Between, you know, ice resurfacing and all the little breaks here and there, they were keeping the audience warm. They were letting them sing, clap in a way that was phenomenal because literally you could feel the adrenaline going on and on and on. And when you felt like, okay, we're now all getting tired and this is too much. No, it was actually getting better and better and better. And the best thing, I think, I'm clapping my hands for uh, everyone from Lithuania and, you know, elsewhere that were there because the support was great for the Lithuanian teams, but it was great for everyone, actually. Everyone, you know, starting from the bottom to going all the way to the top. They were really good in cheering every skater up, which I really appreciated. Yeah, I watched um, on Peacock and I saw the graphics of the flags going, you know, just before a skater skated. And I think some people were wondering if those were actually on the ice and people saw it in the arena. And I I knew that was just (laughs) graphics, but some people didn't know, but that was even cool. It just watching it just, you know, it's, Oh, I wanted to be there. I was like jealous of everyone who was there because it just looked like it was such a great atmosphere in a place you wanted to be. Yeah. I thought that it was so well done. So well produced right down to those little details and considering they only got the nod to host this once Hungary gave it up. And so for them to invest in creating this fantastic event, my first thought was, okay, world championships, give them one because they get it. They know what they're doing. They are 
able to pull things off in such a great way. The skaters seemed blown away by the number of people there to watch them. And I think that is just a credit to the organizers. Yeah, and I felt like even some skaters that maybe didn't have the skate that they were hoping for, when I saw them after the skate, they skated, they were so um, happy and still, you know, grateful for everything that was happening because the atmosphere was so good that it almost made them forget that maybe they didn't have the skate they wanted because they were still having a moment that was such celebration for everyone that, yeah, it was great, really. Now, I want to mention, mentioned something you put in our document here Mateo what was this yellow and green and red papers on the seats during the ice dance final uh, that was a fantastic idea whoever came up with it it was literally just papers of these three different colors which are the colors of the Lithuanian flag and the first section of seats had all these papers we also had them in the in the media section so I was uh, given a red paper and basically, when everyone goes into the arena, the first thing that the speaker said in Lithuanian, because um, I think they also said it in English, but it kind of made sense when he was starting to mention it, because all the Lithuanians there started to leak the papers. And before you know it, you have a massive Lithuanian flag shaking up in half of the ring, uh, in, in all the seats there. And that was beautiful. Such a great idea. Oh, wow. That I, didn't, is, I didn't see that on TV. So that, yeah. That's very clever. Yeah. Hmm. to do that. And there were between 11,000 and 15,000 people during the week at the events. Yes, uh, I'm not quite sure about the final number because someone from the organization committee there told me 11,000 sold out on the final of the ice dance. But when I rewatched some of the performances, the uh, ISU host and TV was saying that it was 15,000. So that's why I'm saying anywhere between 11,000 and 15,000, which is great anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> it's great for the athletes to be able to go to a competition that's away from home and feel so embraced by the people in the audience. And like we've talked about a little bit, Japan is usually the country where they go to get that love and appreciation. So it's wonderful to have that take place, you know, in Lithuania, especially because they didn't have a lot of time to put this together. And I know there have been a lot of comments online about figure skating and its popularity and it popularity has waned, which I know in North America, we have been struggling with, with popularity a bit. Did you get that sense from this competition that any popularity is waning or did you feel immersed in it? No. <laughs> Increasing? Yes. <laughs> it felt like, um, you know, it's quite a good reflection because there were events in the past that maybe were not as well attended as one would expect them to be. But actually, that's maybe not a translation of the public not being interested in ice skating, but it could be different things. Maybe federations that did not invest well enough in marketing, maybe the cost of tickets being too high. And I feel like what they did here in Lithuania is to potentially reflect on some past lessons learned and come up with something that worked entirely because 11,000 people or 15,000, whatever number, you could feel that, that's huge. That's almost like the, the same amount of people of the hometown that I was born and grew up in, which is <laughs> not, 
irrelevant. I mean, it's a lot of people. And and not only that, I think, you know, even when I was covering events on Twitter for iStance.com, the responses were phenomenal for this event. Everyone was keen to know what was going on. The interactions were immediate. I felt like there was a genuine interest um, in, in the event. And, and it's great because a lot of people say, no, yeah, skating is fading a bit. The Russians are not around. Yuzuru is not around anymore. Actually, they did great things, but there's more mm-hmm. to that. Skating is not just one person. Skating is is what we know, what we love, and we can see that. Agreed. And now there were some special guests that appeared in the uh, exhibition. It was cool to see them on site. Yes, Olympic champions Gabriella Papadakis and Guillaume Cizeron of France were there. So they actually first made their appearance during the Ice Dance Finals, uh, which gave me a little, you know, my heart probably stopped for a second when I saw them. (laughs) (laughs) It was so nice to see them there, but I was not expecting them to be there. And it was great because they were actually watching all the competitions, they were cheering for the skaters. So I felt like that was very nice of them to do. But what they did was to, to be special guests at the gala and they skated with a live orchestra as most of the skaters did, um, gifting the audiences with one of their beautiful performances. So yeah, they, it was nice to see them. They still look in great shape. We don't know whether they're coming back or not, but it was great to, to have that bubble way to, to find out. Well, that is wonderful. Should we move on and just get started talking about the men? Yeah. And it was Adam Siho Himfa again who wins the European title um, with a backflip in the free skate. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. I kind of did. I thought you if did? he had a good lead, he would do it. Just because the audience, I feel like the audience there, he knew that they'd appreciate it and he had skated really well and I just figured that he would probably throw it in just because it's such a gift to the audience, especially one that had been so energized during performances at this competition. Yeah, see, I didn't, like, watching his free skate, I thought he might have kept things close. Um, and I didn't think he would, you know, risk, you know, throwing in the backflip to have the two point deduction because that's what it is. It's an illegal element. I know people on social media were like, well, could he do it? Could he not do it? Is it illegal? Not illegal? It's illegal. And he gets a two point deduction for doing it. But yeah, I didn't. I thought, OK, he'll just wait until the exhibition. But no, he threw it in. And I think. Mateo, you're going to tell me the crowd, I think, went crazy for it. And the funny thing is that at the press conference, he shares that he only started to think about doing that in the last practice before the finals, but he didn't share that with his team. And then he said, it literally was on the ice, and he said, I'm going to try it. Pump. (laughs) And he thought, well, my team doesn't seem to be too mad i still got gold which is good so it was kind of playful around around that um but he I, I, you know he called back to the he, he recalled the fact that he and Ilya malinin are influencing each other quite a lot mm-hmm. and i think you can mm-hmm. definitely see that because if you think about adam last year adam was almost like a very shy person very um 
almost, you know, very much of an introvert, not really showing too much. Well, this year is like, look at me, I can do it. Hey, 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 and enjoy himself. <laughs> and we are we are all enjoying that as well because he's yeah. getting this new confidence. And I definitely think that the influence of um Madeline in, in all of this is playing quite a big part. And yeah, he um, you know, he kind of says that he and India like to push the sports towards new directions. And I'm definitely thinking that they're doing that. Now, the funny thing is that at a press conference, the other two medalists were asked whether they would do a backflip. And one said, I dislocated my shoulder when doing it. And the other <laughs> one said, definitely not able to, and I will not try, but I'm happy for the others to try. <laughs> and Adam said, but it's not that dangerous. It looks like it, but it's not. <laughs> okay. Well, part of me, and I think Jackie was the one who said, you know, aerials and, and cartwheels are all okay. And we're seeing a lot more of that. And, you know, Ilya's got his raspberry twist. Why haven't we made the backflip legal now? I mean, we're so close to skaters actually doing something that kind of looks like a backflip. Why can't we just let them do it in competition? I mean, just a thought. I mean, and that was kind of what Jackie was kind of referencing out there. You know, we've got skaters doing cartwheels and aerials and maybe let them, let them do a backflip. Yeah, and it seems that there's a little revolution anyway going on, so eventually some people have to give up. I mean, we do have a 1980s rhythm dance. I think that's kind of something I didn't expect to ever see. So I think lots of things are possible. Right. Uh, linking to the 80s rhythm dance, one of the questions that uh, the um, skaters were, that the men actually were asked at the press conference was, apparently there are rumors that or someone suggesting that the short programs in the individual categories or, you know, outside of ice dance should have a theme. And I think there were a few mixed opinions about that. Some were saying, well, it's okay if they do, it's okay if they don't. Someone else was saying definitely not. Uh, what we like about our type of skating is that it allows us to express our individuality. But it's interesting because... Uh, yeah. You know, there are different things that are being debated, so not just backflips and dangerous elements. There's also maybe the setting of some of the events um, and the competition set setting. But, you know, nobody has to worry. Things are not changing anytime soon. So, <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, that's set. interesting. I don't think I've ever thought about that. Well, moving on to our silver medalist, a bit of a surprise, even to him. Uh, Alexander Selevko had two outstanding skates to win Estonia's first ever European medal. Um, watching his reaction to things was one of the best parts of this competition because it was just not expected. I think people, you know, he, he's been improving. He and his brother, who unfortunately did not qualify for the free skate, they've been kind of a tandem throughout the season at competitions. For him to really break out, and that's what I feel like this is, this is a breakout competition for him, at a big ISU championships, that is pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, you know, as you said, it was kind of surprised to have gotten that far at this competition. Uh, this season he's uh, competed at NHK Trophy, as in major uh, competition, and he was only eight there. So it's it's something that he definitely did not expect to 
to achieve here, but he skated really well. It was very enjoyable. Uh, I think the audience liked it as well because uh, he had a very warm reaction from the, the public there. And yeah, he's now got a silver medal, which is also historical. <laughs> well, the other skater I we have to mention who, I mean, kind of surprised me um, was Italy's Matteo Rizzo, who was in sixth after the short program. And he comes back to claim the bronze medal. And we all know he's injured, that this is it for him this season. He's going to need to have surgery on his hip and he's going to be off the ice for five months. And it didn't look like he skated injured at all. I mean, that free skate was really good. And it was probably one of the best we've seen of him from him this season. Um, so it was a great way for him to kind of say goodbye to the season and, you know, get ready for what's next, which is, you know, surgery on his hip. But I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, it just I couldn't only imagine if he was healthy and well, how well that free skate would have gone. Yeah. And what a comeback, because he, he was sixth in the after the short program and he actually shared that he was being quite careful that maybe didn't feel like he wanted to risk it too much with some elements. But then he ended up being second in the free program and winning the bronze medal overall. But it's very funny because he uh, he shared at the press conference that before um, taking the making the decision on coming to the bend, he asked his doctors whether it was a wise idea for him to go there, given his current physical state. And the doctor said, well, you got everything broken already, so what could go wrong? Just go and try if you want. We'll give you <laughs> to go ahead. And he said, okay, I'd rather go rather than watch it from my, my TV. Let me just give it a try. And here he is now having another bronze medal on his neck. What a great way to end the season, knowing yeah. that he's going to have to go into some rehabilitation, you know, surgery, rehabilitation and recovery. This is a great way to end his season. And then now he can focus on healing up so he's ready for next mm -hmm. year. As it is, he's going to be off the ice for a while um, for this surgery. So we may not see him until late this upcoming yeah. season. Because I think it's like he's five months that he's off the ice and then he can't jump for six to seven months. So if you, yeah. I was first, I was kind of wondering if he could even try worlds. I mean, if he's that injured that, you know, the doctors say, what else can you break? Can you do worlds? But then looking at the schedule that would really put him a much later start. It, yeah. For the fall. He's got a, yeah, because next yeah. year, let's face it, next season is a big season because it's the season before the Olympics. The results at the World Championships determine how many spots you have at the Olympics, and he's going to want to be in his best condition to peak around Europeans and then Worlds. So yes. he needs to do this now. The timing, this is, yeah, this is the best timing. Yeah, and he wants to be in his peak shape next season, especially with the fact that the Italian men, um, you know, he finished third. Gabrielle Fragipani finished fourth. Nikolai Memola finished 10th. I mean, three Italian men in the top 10. The I, We've been saying it. I'm not surprised <laughs> um, at all how yeah. these, you know, the Italian men are, are really strong this season. That's true. And, uh, you know, depending on Matteo's um, 
health and you know recovery we wish him the best but it's not like the Italian Federation doesn't have alternative they've got plenty of alternatives they're not let's not forget that Daniel Russell is also somewhere mm -hmm. we don't know what he's doing whether he keeps training but he reached quite a lot of heights when he was competing over the last few years so there's the, the field there is quite rich and I think Gabriele Frangipani in particular he's been growing and growing and growing and he really had a chance to medal this year. He just missed it. But uh, a medal for him in the future is not unreal at European level and maybe somewhere else. And last uh, year's a bronze medal, surprise bronze medalist, uh, Switzerland's Lucas Brischke was second in the short program. Unfortunately, not a great free skate drop to fifth, but... You know, I was like, ooh, could he have won his second consecutive medal after his second place after the short? I really like his free skate this season, and I'm, I, I, I really think he's still one who could push for a top 10 placement at, at Worlds. Um, yeah, I, you know, he's just, he's had quite a season. He's, I know he's had injury here um, and there, but he, I mean, he will did look good in the short program, unfortunate about the free skate. Yeah, I agree with you. The free skate is beautiful. It was just not his day. There, the results this year have been phenomenal anyway. He, he's got a bronze from NHK Trophy and a fourth place, place finish at the Grand Prix de France. So surely that was just one of those moments when a skater doesn't have a good day. But it's not saying anything about his condition as a skater. He's still a great skater with a great program. And I'm sure we'll see great things. We should mention before we move on to the women that Kevin Amos um, struggled in the short program, finishing in 31st place, did not make the free skate. He released a statement earlier today. He doesn't come out and say anything in particular, just looking at the future and the, and the future is bright. Um, it seems to allude to something new. Not really sure, you know, again, what it means. Um, he, I mean, we're talking about a skater who made the Grand Prix final this year. And then since that competition and you and that competition in particular has just had a difficult time on the ice. His performances have just not been what we expect from him. Um, did you get any intel while you were at Europeans, Matteo, on what may be going on? Um, not that much there, but I I was thinking back at the Grand Prix of Espo in Finland, where he competed and he uh, won a bronze medal. Uh, he shares that he's doing a lot of psychological work with a mental coach and, you know, getting in the right shape mentally. Clearly, it's something that um, cannot be resolved very easily and very quickly. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a, there are quite a lot of um, talks these days about mental health being as important as physical health. You know, we mentioned that Matteo Rizzo will have surgery, will take months to recover. Mental health is not to be underestimated. Uh, we've seen other skaters before. It's not something that you say, okay, you're a little stressed, take two weeks off, come back strong. Could take months. I don't know whether maybe that's what we're seeing with um, K 
Kevin Emails uh, in particular, but if that's the case, hopefully he's got the right support around him. And it seems like he's got the maturity of being able to say, I'm facing something that I have to deal with and I'll take the time that I need to to get over it. So best of luck to him. Yeah, we definitely wish him yes. the best. He's yeah. been such a wonderful performer. Um, he's had some ups and downs and I think we all hope that he does what's best for him, makes that decision and takes the time he needs to focus on himself and whatever he feels needs to be addressed. So uh, let's go on to the women. Queen Luna Hendricks <laughs> ascended the throne. <laughs> <laughs> this was her first European title. It's hard to believe it's only her first, but um, yeah, she has won her first European title. It's a first for Belgium since 1947 when Belgian pairs team Micheline Lenoy and Pierre Barniet won gold was a very emotional kiss and cry, especially, you know, with her brother as her coach. It's just something that since he retired and he's now coaching her, I feel like Luna and Yorick are, you know, this amazing duo that just have, you know, they have a bigger bond than just a regular coach and student. We're talking about brother-sister bond here. Absolutely. And, um, it, it's something that shows in many different uh, locations, you know, on the kiss and cry when she's skating is, and he's on the side of the ring. But even behind the scenes, you can see that, for instance, when she comes to the um, mix zone to talk to media, he's always not too far and kind of keeping an eye. It's a very special bond and it's great to see it. And, and you know, what a moment for Luna Hendricks finally getting the crown at European level. It's a bit like when we were talking about Kiori Sakamoto not having won a Grand Prix final medal. And finally, she got that. So now it's Luna Hendricks' time to finally get a European medal, and it's the best medal that she could ask for. And, you know, we just talked about mental health with Kenny, Kevin Amos. She was asked about last summer and when she struggled a bit, and she shares that she had to do a lot of work. And her brother, you know, mentioning him again, was telling her that the progress was there. She could not see it immediately, but she had to trust that she was doing the right thing. But the best thing was um, one of the things that she really benefited from was to get a mental coach that made her realize why she was doing the sport. And the reason why she's doing these sports, she shared, was because she really loves figure skating. So that's the driving force that she's using now. She she lost the joy of skating, but now she's got it back. And you can see that she's actually having a lot of fun out there. I think with anything that you're invested in, anything that you love, there does come a time that you have to step back and look at why you're still doing it. And is it because of the love or is it something else? And are you losing the passion that you have? And sometimes it's, yes, you are. And how do you fight to get it back? In this case, we're all very lucky that Luna got it back because we were mm-hmm. treated to these performances. And it was fantastic to see those moments in the kiss and cry. And then in the medal ceremony, receiving her gold medal. It was fantastic. Yeah, you saw in the kiss and cry and at medal ceremony that she released all the emotions so she was Mm -hmm. crying and there were tears of joy and that was beautiful it's beautiful to see such a genuine reaction to something that means so much for a skater 
And I don't know whether you noticed in the free program, she had a little change of dress. So she skated with a skirt so far. She has a uh, different setting. So it was more like trousers. Um, and when she was asked, is this your last uh, or, you know, the costume you're thinking of bringing into the world championship? She, she said, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll change it again. So let's keep an eye on that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Moving on, Anastasia Gubanova, who had a bit of a rough Grand Prix season, won the silver medal, which is her second consecutive European medal. She is last year's champion. Yeah, that was, um, we we all didn't know what to expect with this character because she didn't have a very strong start to the season. She actually shared that she did not do too bad, but she didn't do too good either. So she also got to the Continental Championships not knowing what to expect. But she delivered. She had a very strong uh, free skate in particular. And yeah, the only thing she had to, to accept is that she was swapping positions with uh, <laughs> Luna yeah. Hendrix. Uh, yeah, I, was, yeah. I, I was quite surprised with how well she skated because, again, she didn't have a really good fall season, you know, and I kind of was like, mm, maybe she's not going to be in contention for a medal, but well, she surprised me. And uh, yeah. So yeah, didn't win, but I mean, second consecutive uh, medal Europeans. That's pretty great. You know who I really enjoyed in the women's event. And I've just enjoyed watching her all season is Nina Pinzeroni, um, who wins bronze here in only her, what second European championships. Um, and she kind of makes history, too, because 1947 was the last time Belgium won more than one medal in the same discipline. And it was the pairs event. Um, so here we are with a gold medal for Belgium and a bronze medal for Belgium in women. Um, it just Yeah, she's just incredible to watch because I didn't we weren't really talking about Nina last season and now here she is. And she's just, I mean, she's really showing how well Belgium women are skating. And I'm looking forward to seeing her at worlds in person. And let's not forget that she's 17 years of age. Yes. <laughs> and she's getting last in the first <laughs> European final that she attended and she got a medal. <laughs> That is insane. She was yeah. sharing that she she managed to believe in herself, to stay calm, and she delivers. Phenomenal. One thing I enjoy about her is she's such a hungry skater. Yeah. And you can tell that she's really focused on her performance, but she doesn't want to rest and just be the silver medalist from Belgium. She really wants to push and challenge Luna Hendricks for the title. And I think that's amazing. I think it's so fun to see someone just be honest about being competitive. And sorry, I just checked in. It's actually the second European Championships, but it's very true that the mutual influence between Luna and herself is something that she's feeling that she's benefiting from. And they, yeah, they, they feel like they, they actually shared them. I didn't know that the Belgium doesn't really have many skating rings for the skaters to access and they're quite remote. So they hope that what they're bringing to the country in increases the investment uh, of the federation there and more opportunities to, to you know, to shape new skaters up will uh, come up for Belgian, for the Belgian future skaters. Yeah, and we should mention Jade Hofine 
was the third Belgian woman at this competition. She qualified for the free skate. She finished 23rd, but she did qualify for the free skate. So who knows what the future holds? Belgium is building a force when it comes to women's skating. Well, Livia Kaiser of Switzerland finished fourth. And if you look at what how she finished last year, she was 18th at Europeans last year. And here she is finishing fourth. Um, was really impressed with her performances. Um, again, a little bit of a surprise to see her um, in fourth place. It wasn't expecting her there. Um, but yeah, someone to definitely watch for... Um, into the you know the rest of the season here yeah and it's very interesting because also for switzerland we had kimi rapun which got a bronze medal last year but she finished seventh this year and for a moment i have to confess that i was looking at livia kaiser she delivered this beautiful three skates she was so happy and she was keeping that position and of course have we seen a kimi rapun kind of situation here where she's going to mess up and no one expecting expects her to do that <laughs> She didn't just get it, but wow, keep working on, on your skating skills because you're doing great, Livia. Well, you know what was cool? I noticed on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, Rachel Zegler, who is the young star of the latest um, Hunger Games film. She had a tweet out about Livia because Livia skated to Lucy Gray Part 1 from Hunger Games, a Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. So she actually tweeted out and said, This is so cool, sitting here gobsmacked that my voice is being used for such beauty. And then she had a skate emoji and hands in a heart emoji. And I hope that Livia gets to see this. Yeah, let's hope that she, she saw that and... You know, I feel like when you're young, these things are even more impactful on you. So hopefully someone told her, you have to check Twitter. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> A couple other things of note. Of course, Lorene Schilt of France was fifth in her first Europeans. And Serena Yoz of Italy was sixth. It was pretty great yep. in her first European skating for Italy. Wonderful. And then Julia Sauter finished ninth, which is the best placement for a Romanian skater in the women's event at Europeans. Fantastic. So we should probably move on to the pairs event. Oh, what a pairs event this was. <laughs> um, remember when I was saying um, the Italian versus Germany thing during our preview? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but... <laughs> it kind of still sort of was, but wasn't. It was just the different Italian teams that kind of rose. Um, yeah, it was It was a definitely a difference from short to free, definitely. Um, so if you thought who was at the top after the short program was going to win the free, you know, win and after the free skate, you were wrong because that didn't happen. But um, yeah. Lucrezia Bacari and Matteo Greece of Italy win gold, which I looked up his first medal in 10 European appearances. Um, they were third in the sh after the short program, but um, second year of Italy winning a European championships in pairs, just a different team. 
yeah, and it feels like we have these three super strong teams which are just there. You know, one day is one winning something and the next day is someone else. And the Karin Warize, they did not manage to qualify for the Grand Prix final this year, but they actually deliver such strong skates here at the uh, European Championships. And it was phenomenal to see them not believing almost what was happening there, particularly, as you <laughs> said, until Warize was in a partnership with Nicole de la Monica for such a long time. They were always, I think they collected quite a few fourth place finish at the European Championships, which was quite annoying, but it couldn't break into the Russian dominance. And eventually now, I feel like the entire field is so well balanced in the top seven teams, at least, if not more, that it's still quite difficult. It's not a given thing to win a medal, but they actually achieved gold, and it's yeah. incredible. And it's, you know, we should mention, it's only their second year skating together, but it's only really like her second year in pair. She wasn't a pair skater prior to uh, her partnership with Matteo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she was not able to, to believe what was happening. I, I saw her actually the, the day after she became European champion. And she was quite relaxed after that. But I think that she still hasn't processed what happened. <laughs> but she was super happy, which is what matters here. Well, uh, in the... The leaders after the short program were George's Anastasia Melikina and Luca Baruvala, um, who we've seen on the Junior Grand Prix this season. Uh, they won the Junior Grand Prix final. Um, this was Anastasia's first Euros. Um, Luca's second um, with his previous partner. Um, and there it was... Okay, so I was a little surprised to see them in first after the short program because I really thought, okay, I know the scores they had on the Junior Grand Prix were pretty much neck and neck with the seniors, but I thought maybe they'd be like third or fourth. I didn't think they would actually beat the rest of the teams in the short program. Um, But, you know, they had some um, mistakes in the free, which cost them the gold, but they did take home the silver and they're going to go for Junior Worlds and Senior Worlds, Mateo? Correct. That's what I shared at the press conference. Uh, they'll, they'll try both events. It's a bit bizarre to process that a junior team can also compete at senior level and stand a chance to actually medal there. We don't know what's going to happen, but they're such a strong team. I was told that this season they never failed a free program, basically, or they had very few irrelevant mistakes. So what Luca Berulava said at the press conference is that in these kind of strong competitions, which has such a strong field, of course, the mental preparation plays a big part as well. And he feels like they have to work on it. But he did not question their technical ability to win a medal, which I think, you know, is there. They've shown that before. So they're quite a strong team. Definitely one to, to keep an eye on. And um, let's see. Yeah. Well, our bronze medalist was the Italian team of Rebecca Gallardi and Filippo Ambrosini. Their second consecutive European medal, I'm going to say their free skate was the free skate for me in the pairs event. I think that was the best I've seen them skate that program this season. Um, They just looked so strong and it it was an intense free skate for them. Um, And here we are 
two um, Italian pairs teams on the podium um, when I thought maybe we were going to have Italian and maybe two German teams. Um, but I, you know, didn't, I'm not sure if I expected the two Italian teams that meddled to be the ones that meddled. Um, yeah, you're right, because we had Sarah Conte and Nicola Machi, which won so much. They have bronze gold medal. They um, won the European Championships last year. They uh, won a silver at the Grand Prix final this year. So they're quite strong still. They're out there and, and they actually won a silver at the Grand Prix final just for a fraction of a point from uh, the Germans, um, Hasse and Volodin, um, which won gold. Uh, but um, they had a mistake in the short program, which made quite a big difference in terms of scores. And because of that, they, although they skated a good free program, poor free program, they could not really get any higher than the sixth place. And that meant that the other teams, in this case, we're talking about Kilardi and uh, Ambrosini, they skated well. I agree with you that free program is actually very interesting. I think it's very modern as well. And they skated it really well, and they were on the podium again. So, yeah, there's quite a healthy competition in the Italian pairs, um, between the Italian pairs team. And it feels like they influence each other to improve and do better and better. And we can definitely see the benefits of that. Yeah. And it's going to be very interesting for Worlds because Italy only has two spots for <laughs> pairs. So which two teams do you send i mean do you send your european champions do you send your what i mean i don't know how is italy going to make this decision on who to send yeah and when asked that question where is it said that the federation will decide who will go to world but i'm not having the, the task that they have no, to accomplish no. <laughs> very difficult decision <laughs> i don't know how you leave your your I don't know how you leave the European champions off the roster, but I don't know how you leave the defending world bronze medalists right and off the roster. Grand Prix final silver medalists. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's yeah, it's. I don't know how you make this decision. I'm glad it's not me that's making it. Can we just give them another spot? <laughs> Can we? They should have another spot. The level of skating is just. It's really high. It's so hard. It's so hard. Maybe there needs to be a better way of determining spots. Like looking at a season of results for the country. I don't know. Um, so well, before we move on to dance, I mean, we should mention the Hungarians were yes. third in the free skate, finished fourth overall. Um, and then as we kind of mentioned um, who we were kind of thinking we're going to be on the podium where the Grand Prix final champions, Minerva, Fabi, and Haas, and Nikita Volodin of Germany, they were second after the short, tough free skate. Um, they had an aborted lift in the free skate, missed the throw um, triple loop, um, which cost them a medal, and they finished in fifth overall. So moving on to dance, you know I'm always looking forward to saying those words. <laughs> I don't know about you, Mateo, but I watched all of this competition and I really enjoyed it from beginning to end. There were some issues. There were some teams that did not have their best skates, 
But as a whole, I thought that the level of competition was pretty high. And I really wish that they would increase the number back to 24 because I just think that it's warranted with this level of ice dance that we have right now. Yeah, and that's something that the uh, medalists were reflecting on. Uh, Marco Fabri says, if you look at the qualifying teams and the short program scores comparing last year to this year, last year, I think the lowest one was 51, and this year it was 61. So that's showing that there is such an increase in the field. And you are right, there were some skates that maybe did not go as planned, but all the skates, I think we're seeing quite a lot of season best. But it's not just the score, it's also what you see. And, and, you know, we follow the skaters in person. We know what they do, what they're capable of doing. And we actually perceive that um, increase in their, the way they're performing, the way they skate, in their skills, in their confidence. It's, it's beautiful to witness. So second consecutive goal for Guignard and Fabri of Italy. Third consecutive podium appearance for European medals that they have achieved, two golds, two bronzes. A great performance, but not without a few issues. The score was definitely not what we've seen from them before. But I also, um, Lila Fear and Lewis Gibson of Great Britain also had an issue in their performance that knocked their score down. Yeah, and I wonder whether, so it's interesting because Papri was sharing that they approach competitions in a much different way this season, particularly these European championships. So last year, they felt a lot of pressure and they were so tense to, to win the, the, the title that they did not really probably enjoy this fully because of the tension and the pressure that they put on themselves. While this year, they came into the competition with a different type of mindset uh, to approach it, so they really enjoyed it. But you are right, both uh, gold and silver positions could have done better. And I think that that's the beauty of this competition. We should have not taken anything for granted. I think until the very last minute, it was not easy. Let's not forget that both um, Fier Gibson and Gunnar Fabri skated after Addison Reed and Sandrus Ambrulevicius won a bronze medal in Kaunas, where Saulius is from. And I can guarantee you, the response for the, from the audience was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like that. Oh, what a moment that was. Just watching it home, I was just, oh, it. I, I can't even imagine what Allison and Saul felt just being out there on the ice and seeing that response. Oh, it was I just, thought there was brought such, me to tears. There was such a calmness in their performance. There wasn't anything over the top. It just was, we're telling the story, we're out here skating, we're giving everything that we have, but nothing looked labored. It all looked like it came together and was presented so beautifully. I was so happy that they got to have this performance at their home Europeans. Yeah, and and it was not easy because the pressure was quite high, I'm sure. Um not to say that the the cheering from the audience was so high. They actually shared that when it comes to the last pin before they finished their free dance, they did not hear the music. They said, okay, I think we should finish here. Let's do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone was screaming so much. And that, that that's quite a lot of pressure, I would say. If I were a skater and I, I am performing 
in such an important event in you know in my country and I got to perform but I felt like they they got out there and they knew it was their moment um you know when you feel something I, I felt like as soon as they got on the eyes they knew it they knew it <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Ah, it's still moving me thinking about it. It was such a special moment. Also, you know, on the kiss and cry scene, Alison holding a photograph with his sibling, with her sibling and Chris Reed, of course, there, you know, sending that message that despite of the trauma that she went through of losing her brother, she still feels loved there and she wants to tell the world that, uh, you know, it, I think she was clearly dedicating the victory to him, I, I think. And, you know, she was also holding the photograph. The photograph was quite nicely... Um, tucked into the pockets of the jacket that she was wearing. So even at the press conference, she had it there. And it was quite nice. It's something that still, yeah, as I said, still moved me thinking about it. We had Allison and Kathy on the podcast last year. It's been almost a year, I think, Gina. Yeah, we had them on in March. Yeah, to talk about what it was like to go through the trauma of losing Chris and and just their fi- family dynamic and experiences growing up. And it was, you know, sobering when you see them, when you see Allison in the kiss and cry, holding that photo and realizing, you know, Chris isn't here, but I know her whole family was incredibly proud of the performances that, that they put out at this competition. And I'm sure he was watching. I'm yes. sure he was and smiling and very proud One thing I do want to ask Mateo if he knows this, because when I was watching Allison in the rhythm dance, I noticed um, in during the season, she's had like it's like yellow kind of jacket for her rhythm dance costume that seems to be over her black um, bodysuit. Yeah. And people were saying online that she had it on in the warm up. But then when we saw her skate, she did not. So did you notice anything about that at all? Uh, not really, I have to say. <laughs> Sorry yeah. to burn you, but <laughs> that, that's a good point to, to note. Because uh, it's something oh, that okay. takes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. People were thinking maybe she was too warm with it and decided to ditch it and just go without it for the actual skate. But I'm not quite sure. And maybe it was something that, that you know, we'll have to see what she chooses to do with it at Worlds. Maybe that could be a reason because... So, for instance, if you don't know me and you go to a competition and you know I'm there, you will definitely see me because in the media area, you will see someone with a T-shirt and that will be me. I'm one of the, probably the only one in a competition with a T-shirt. But I have to say that normally it's something that I do occasionally. While at the final, whether it's because it was packed or whether because, you know, everything was so exciting, I spent the entire women's final and ice dance finals in a T-shirt only. So I wonder whether the skaters were also feeling the temperature, the the heat there. (laughs) That could be. So this uh, was the the, uh, first medal for Lithuania in ice dance since 2006. Um, Huge reception. There were two Lithuanian dance teams. In fact, Paulina Romanowskite and Davida Skizala are also from Kaunas. So it was great for them. They qualified for the free dance. I was also impressed by all three of the French teams, but the two French teams finishing fourth and fifth, Evgenia Leparva and Jeffrey Brousseau, and then Luisia de Moget and Theo Le Mercier, 
great performances in the free dance, especially. Yeah, both French team teams really delivered. And I think we have to keep an eye on them. They're very strong and they I think they got more to give. So I hope that they keep skating and keep pushing themselves because they will definitely challenge these top three positions in the future. Yeah, I thought the placements for like both French teams to be somewhat close together in the final result. Um, Demoget and Le Mercier, 192.15. Le Parva Brousseau, 197.17. Five points is a lot in Ice Dance, but that seems to be bridging a gap that is there and it, it's getting closer. So I kind of am looking forward to how um, Luisia and Theo are going to be maybe pushing Evgenia and Jeffrey because they're catching up. Yep. And then um, last year's bronze medalist, Yulia Turkula, Matthias versus Luis finished in sixth. And then we had the Tashler siblings back from injury for only four weeks Four weeks on the ice before this event. Great rhythm dance. The free dance dropped them to seventh overall. But what a comeback for them to be back in just having four weeks of preparation. And let's not forget that Philip had to uh, to have the team pulling out from the uh, Cup of China event because of a fractured vertebrae. So it's not something that is irrelevant. It's quite a serious thing. But they, he healed, he, they changed the way they train, they changed the programs to make sure that he would not have too much impact on what he was recovering from. And I feel that, and I hope that they're not disappointed because what they did coming out there and doing what they did after an injury and such a short sign back on the ice is phenomenal. So was there anything else that you want to mention, Matteo, about these European championships that we might have missed? Just in general, I think it was beautiful to see this fantastic sportsmanship and support amongst all the athletes. It was generally, you know, refreshing and beautiful to see that they were all talking to each other. And even if they compete against each other, they are competitors. They're not, you know, rude again with each other. They're not, you know, neglecting the presence of the others. They're actually getting together, supporting each other's. I could see a lot of skaters watching competitions, whether it was in their field and category or whether it was, you know, other fields and whether it was their country or not. Um, and, you know, just as an example as well, at the very last uh, podium ceremony, so the um, medal ceremony, we we're, were talking about the ice dance, of course, which was the last event. At some point, the entire Italian team, so all the men, women, pairs, came and all the, the other ice dance teams, came out on the ice to celebrate Shalene and Marco, but actually they were also celebrating Lyle and Lewis and uh, Alison and Saudis, which was great. Um, and, you know, they then, I'm pretty sure that they, they, they probably partied together in whatever, <laughs> uh, you know, location they went to, whatever it was at the hotel. But it's great to see this kind of refreshing atmosphere. And I feel like we're seeing more and more of these, even in different competitions. For instance, you know, I've, I've seen that at the Grand Prix events. I'm pretty sure that Wolves, uh, in Montreal will show a lot of that. So that's very refreshing. And, you know, as we said at the start, I think it's important to say that there is a 
demand, there is an interest in uh, skating. Uh, you know, the event organizers had hashtag we want more. I agree. We want more. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We we want to see more of that. We want to see an energetic, you know, arena filled with the audience. And the skaters yeah. deserve it. They really do. Yes. All mm -hmm. the work that they put in, they totally deserve it. So there was a little bit of a news story that came out right after Europeans about a volunteer and her interactions with one of the officials at Europeans. Did you guys on the ground there in Countess have any idea that this went on? Or is it a bit of a surprise? Uh, it's definitely a bit of a surprise. Bearing in mind, though, that as, as I've said multiple times, it, you know, the arena was extremely packed. So I think it would have been quite difficult to notice something like that. And my understanding from what I could read so far, bearing in mind that we have two versions of the same story, is that it probably happened when, of course, skaters were not skating and competing. And, um, yeah, as you know, you know, we run up and down to catch some of the skaters to, yeah. to also do basic human things like drinking water, going <laughs> <laughs> to, to the toilet. And it might have happened there and I missed that. But that it, it, it was probably quite difficult to spot it anyway, because as I said, it was such a festive mood and everyone, I think the entertainment, entertainment part was very successful as well. So if something happened, probably went behind the scenes because of the atmosphere that was in the arena. But hopefully, if that's a serious matter, it will hopefully be dealt with appropriately. Yes, I agree. <laughs> well, we want to thank Matteo for joining us for this yes. recap of the European Championships. Gina, thank can you, you let folks know where they can find us? Well, you can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com on social media, including the site formerly known as Twitter at thiswkinskating, Facebook, Instagram, and threads. It's just This Week in Skating. We love your feedback or your questions. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all the feedback that we've received, so please keep it coming. With that, we've reached the end of our episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And I'm Matteo. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have an ice week! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.